Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. It's the JT and Looney podcast, powered by our friends at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, every league. Uh, Major League Baseball, the NFL, you know what the leagues are. NBA, NHL, UFC, CIA, BBC, BB King and Doris Day. Take it. Take it. Even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, futures. Head to Bet Online as soon as you can. Right after this podcast, head to Bet Online. You can use your phone or your, your personal PC. And just for being friends with JT and Looney, you get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. But you have to use our new promo code, Believe, B-L-E-A-V, 50. That's Believe as in the Believe Radio Network. It's B-L-E-A-V, 50. B-L-E-A-V, 50. And get your 50% welcome bonus. That's Bet Online, our proud sponsor. Or maybe they're ashamed. But they are our sponsor. Bet online where the game starts. And now the podcast starts. Damn it. Hello, video. Got me? Yeah. Hi. Or my background, like the senator in Arizona. Oh, the, one, the woman who didn't win. Carrie <laughs> Lake, who was at the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, did you see her at the Super Bowl? Yeah, she didn't stand for one of the anthems. Guess which one? Wow. Wow. That's we added, oh we added, We added a national anthem right. to this country. And uh, Carrie Lake did not stand for that one. Wow. I, uh, people, I, and you know, I, I, you and I are always going back and forth about uh, national anthems and flyovers at games. And I think the Super Bowl, because everyone's watching, even all Americans are watching whether or not uh, of all political stripes and whether or not they like football, as we always complain about at Super Bowl parties, uh, the neighbor with the dip who talks through the whole game and says, is that good? Uh, <laughs> why are they kicking it? They were doing so well. Whenever someone punched those people at, uh, at Super Bowl parties. So uh, I guess when the nation is all watching the same program, maybe I understand why there's a national anthem. Sometimes I don't, you know, on week 13, uh, I don't understand. And sometimes the, when the flag is 100 yards long. <laughs> that bothers you. It does. It's like a monster, you know, the monster truck guy with the <laughs> small you-know-what. I think, we, I think we're kind of overcompensating. I'm not sure why the flag needs to be 100 yards long on week 13 in a game between Jacksonville and the New York Jets. Well, we're great friends, and we agree to disagree a lot. <laughs> yes, we do. And <laughs> as we start the JT and Looney podcast, or you edit this in without telling me in the middle or end, <laughs> I just want to say that I apologize for my voice. Okay. My nasal head cold and that because... God, am I coming off a Super Bowl trip with the boys? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But on the anthem, uh, I think, by the way, that's what's great about your particular voice. I didn't notice, and I don't yeah. think the listener would have either until you pointed it out. I could tell you about the anthem and the big flag and the flyover on the Super Bowl. I like it because I always think that there's someone, really, and I'm dead serious when I say this. Okay. I think there's a member of the Taliban or ISIS in a cave in a real cave with electronics and are able to watch our Super Bowl because it's the biggest event in the world. And I like to scare him on that day. I like B-52s. I like jets. <laughs> I like a big flag. And I like that guy who's sitting in a cave somewhere in, in, in Tora Bora to say, man, I just wanted to catch the Super Bowl the second half. And I, and before I tuned in early, I saw all these bombers that could be coming for me. Yeah, I, that, that's where you are culturally wrong. There's no one in any other country that understands the game 
that under it understands what it's called football and everyone's using their hands <laughs> they uh people in other countries and caves you know they're more interested in watching chelsea play play whoever chelsea plays <laughs> People Liverpool. in other countries like uh, Liverpool. Okay, with that a better one, yeah. So they're uh, or or watch Morocco play Spain in soccer. That's what they're watching in other countries when we're watching the Super Bowl. And you've always said in our poorest of poorest neighborhoods, cities, and towns, the yeah. poorest in some areas where there's just trailers that have been there for 30, 40 years. Yes, everyone has everything. They got cell phones. They right. Got TV, they got Direct TV. That, that got, is one of the things why I don't understand why our country is so angry because red or blue. Uh, we are. We all have big TVs. You can now get a big screen TV. You can. You can actually take a hammer to your television if you're upset that your team didn't win the Super Bowl, and you only need $150 to replace your 74 inch set. <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable. So the poorest of our poor. As remember, we used to drive through. I don't think you need a big satellite dish anymore, but people used to have them in the top of their trailers. We we have a great uh, safety net in this country, and that's wonderful. Quick shout out to our partners that believe we've bumped into the crew, the gang, a bunch of young Great. guys grinding, working constantly, right. waved hi to everybody. So thanks for that partnership again. And typically this is where I do our, we do our Super Bowl recap. So we'll touch on that. There's a whole bunch of other big topics we want to get so to. So much good episode. stuff. The Super Bowl. So a couple of things. We went out there, did four days on Radio Row. Uh, did a couple of shows, the night show for Mad Dog on Sirius XM. I did that Monday and Tuesday night. And then I did five days, four days of Raider Nation radio and some podcast and did all that while mixing in seeing my son, who's a sophomore at ASU. Uh, of course, an army of my friends came out as they always seem to show up at the Super Bowl. And we went to this Waste Management Open, this golf tournament. Oh, that's right. Which now becomes because I went right. seven years ago and it's gotten that much bigger. So I had an idea what it was, but it was nothing compared to what I saw at this time. So it goes on my Mount Rushmore. Of all time, greatest sporting events where you couldn't believe how great it was. You would think it'd be the Kentucky Derby, the final four. A I, golf you know, tournament? You know how, yes, how much I love the Daytona 500 right. coming up this weekend. This was so big on a stage where I watched 10 strokes of golf, 10 swings over two days. You didn't even look at the golf course. You didn't even <laughs> know anyone was playing. It was Coachella meets again the kentucky derby if you want to put wow. it that way it was a sea of humanity there were no rules for the patrons the guests if you had a wristband to either the 16th 17th or 18th hole you saw an infrastructure that's hard to explain they build bleachers and vip tents four stories high that have to handle all that weight all that food, all that drink and cerveza, people coming and going, people overcrowding, sneaking in. And they build the city of these giant VIP global tents. And every big company in the world is there. And they're picking up the tab for all their clients and friends. And there's not a line to get a cocktail. It's a lobster roll, a piece of steak, a piece of sushi. And DJs everywhere while there's golf being played. It's now, chaotic. I, I don't you think maybe the biggest negative, even though it's already so successful, so far be it for me to critique, but the name of it, the Waste Management Open. Sounds a little poopy to me. I Don't you think they need to change that name? No, no, because I didn't realize until I got up there with one of our friends. I'm going to leave a lot of name-dropping friends out of this. 
Okay. okay for a lot of okay. reasons. Because the last thing I want to say is my client heard this and you were with my client for two days. Okay. Uh, waste management is this massive global company now that deals with waste and does a lot of things that you and I don't want to do or can't. Right. Do. Very important. Right. So, There's probably well, nothing more important. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and to have fun with that, it was also an event that had that many people and there wasn't a piece of trash on the floor. Wow. I.E. Waste Management. Isn't that fascinating? Because how many times have I said over the years that we would do the show from Los Angeles and Hollywood? And I would say, you know, if they stop making movies tomorrow, this city will be okay. But if the garbage men stop working, (laughs) we'd be in a lot of trouble because for, you know, the number one cause of death 100 years ago in this country was diarrhea. Now we sing about it with Pepto commercials, right? Because of water and garbage. Now these guys come and take our garbage away on one particular day. We don't even know where it goes. Just set it out in a bin. It goes away. And then we get to live 40 years longer. A couple of the things that went on at this tournament, which was amazing. Best golfers in the world. Scotty Scheffler wins, who's the best player in the world. So the highest end golf, because these players would never miss it. Quick tie in to live golf. The guys who went to play with Saudi Arabia, Uh free money. They got to be kicking themselves in out in this tournament. Because this is the biggest party getting back to what I've ever seen. So 16, 17, 18. 16 is amazing. It's a part three. It's inside a coliseum that is built where you don't have to be quiet in the backswing and then if they hit it close to the pin everybody takes their empty beers and cups and throws it onto the green everybody's dancing a streaker was there started off on 16 got to 17 got arrested so it's it's utter chaos but everybody's having such a good time the weather was in the mid 70s and the sun was strong and i just want to say if you haven't been to this trip don't look at it as a golf event Look at it as a Woodstock of sports done at a level where you cannot not have a brilliant time. Well, the curiosity factor for anyone would be there because that's not how you normally think of a golf tournament. Absolutely. And every golf tournament going forward, they're not going to do this at Torrey Pines. Tiger's playing this week at Riviera. Dead silence. Not even a golf clap. (laughs) This is something that completely connects with the young generation who doesn't know golf, but they're going to tell mom and dad they went to this tournament. Right. Or they're going to go back. And the most important thing about this is it coincided with the Super Bowl. Most cities would have said, oh, no, we don't want our golf tournament the weekend of the Super Bowl in the same city. This was better than the Super Bowl. The only thing that mattered during Super Bowl week was were you at the Waste Management Open <laughs> until the wow. game on Sunday. And right. then the game on Sunday, you know, people focused on the Super Bowl. So bravo. To the waste management, my friends who invited me, everybody that I was able to sneak in by giving them a wristband like I did at the Blue Oyster Cult show in 1983, (laughs) passing wristbands back, and just a fun memory that I'll never forget. And then the Super Bowl, where I felt these are the two teams I despise more than any two. So if you add all 32 teams in order, this would be 1 and 1A, not 1 and 2. So I picked Buffalo to win the Super Bowl before the start of the year. Uh, and when the Super Bowl week came up, I wanted Philly to win. I picked them 28-24. And Patrick Mahomes had another double-digit comeback in the Super Bowl. Incredible. MVP and Kansas City are kings of the NFL again. And that run that he had. I mean, that was one of the greatest Super Bowl highlights ever, considering what we knew about his ankle, considering just before halftime when we saw him retweak it. Uh, and he went out, but this is what we really expect, and I don't like the Kansas City Chiefs either. I'm stunned anytime they ever lose, 
and happy when they do, and they never do. But uh, he is incredible. And that run that he had no choice because he had all that real estate in front of him, and he took off like a champion, hurt. And you could see in the slow motion the look and the pain in his face. But that's what we expect from our athletes. But we are always screaming all they care about is the money. That's not what he cared about on that play. He didn't care about his ankle or his body either. He wanted to get the first down and get the win for his team. You know, I'm surprised that's coming from you, a guy who's been known and world famous for pushing back. And you don't know if he was injured or not. You have no idea. Just like Michael Jordan, you don't know if he had the flu. You didn't see the thermometer. You didn't see them take his temperature. <laughs> yeah. yes. Remember when the big pee-pee Paul Pierce was in the wheelchair? Yes. And all of a sudden got out of the wheelchair? So you were assuming <laughs> that Mahomes couldn't put pressure on that ankle. Oh, he was so hurt. Oh, but he, I he saw. He was Willis Reed or yeah, something. Yeah, but I saw. That. Right before the halftime, I saw them when, they, when he, got, he got tackled and it was pulled right on that ankle. And I, I've, I've had those ankle sprains before. I played at the highest level in Pop Warner. I know what it's like. <laughs> and I, I, I'm not going to turn this into the JFK assassination. He had a bad ankle, and he took off on a great third down and first down run in the Super Bowl when he was hurt. And I love when guys do that. What's shocking also is Jalen Hurts had the greatest silver medal performance oh, in I the know. history of sports. If you go back to the history of the Super Bowl, we never talk about the loser. Right, I, you know, I, right, right, right. When I'm there, and I think we've given an MVP to a loser once, and this could have been the second time. He played that well, but he did yeah. something that he needs to take the blame for losing the Super Bowl. The blame, he fumbled the football without being touched, without being strip sacked, without being tackled. He started a play. The ball came out. He fumbled it, dropped it. They scoop and score. And that was for six points and an extra point, seven points, and they lost by three. So he didn't throw a pick six. He didn't throw an interception and give them a short field. On his own, he had such a blunder. It yep. goes down as one of the top three or four blunders in Super Bowl history. How did that happen well, for a kid who played such a great game time? And that's, that's why whenever your team loses and you want to blame it on one play or one penalty, that's not fair. Yep. You're not being fair to yourself as a loser fan. You're not being fair to the other team that won the game. There's a, you know, the game was played for four quarters, and you can point at that play as the one that lost it for the Eagles more than the flag. And in that game, Jalen Hurts had 15 carries for 70 yards and three touchdowns. You'll never see that again. He had he was 27 to 30. You won't see that until my guy, my guy Lamar Jackson makes it to the Super. Bowl. Good point. Uh, Jalen Hurts 27 to 38 for 304 and a touchdown. So he was really good in the passing game, really good in the passing game. But Mahomes came back. If you would have told me before the game he'd throw for less than 200 yards and win, I would have said no. But he threw for 182 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, but he wasn't sacked. So I did a lot of radio after that, including that night after the game. And the big conclusion is the average to a little bit above average offensive line of Kansas City kicked the living shit. Yep. Out of the Philadelphia defense that had a chance of being the greatest Eagles defense of all time because Reggie White and Jerome Brown and Seth Joyner never won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. This defense was propped up to be legendary and they backed it up all year. Hassan Reddick led the league in sacks. He didn't get anywhere near Mahomes. So Mahomes had to come back down 10 win the game and do it dramatically. Oh, but there was a flag late, a five-yard hold as the receiver Juju broke open his route. And the next thing you know, the game ends, Tom, on another controversial flag 
just like it did at Arrowhead yep. when Joe Burrow wanted to play in overtime, late hit out of bounds, first down, game over. How do you feel about that? Well, I think the key, and good, you got to give it to Juju Smith, Susie Schuster, who's been incredible all year long. And and people thought, well, with with Tyreek Hill being gone, what's going to happen to the Kansas City Chiefs? And he just stepped up, filled that spot, and was able to. And you just can't, again, you just can't blame it on one flag. Would would you wish that you know the dirty secret of the Super Bowl is they keep the flags in their pockets the referees do and would you wish that they kept it in their Yeah, but that's not, you know, this isn't uh, fantasy football and this isn't fantasy land. The flag came out, you had other ways to win in the game, to win the game if you were the Eagles and that's just too bad. Well, James Bradbury who was called for the hold, he could have started a riot in Philadelphia. I'm talking a real riot that yeah. we've never seen before. Because if he went into the locker room and said, you got to be bleeping kidding me. You're going to call that? Yeah, to the letter of the law, you're going to call that? I put my hand on him. I never held. He went in front of his locker and said, yeah, it turned out I did hold. I didn't think they'd call it. If he didn't say that, and he just went into it saying, you figure it out, I'm pissed. I don't want to meet with the media. I think the Eagle fans are tearing up their city but Bradbury eased that because he admitted he admitted the fact that he didn't commit the foul. It was a light foul. I would have swallowed, swallowed the whistle. That's the hot topic on radio all week. But as Tony Dungy would say, what are the refs supposed to do then if that same thing happens in the first quarter? Not throw the flag and throw the flag or not throw the flag with a minute to go. An infraction is an infraction. But normally in a game of that magnitude, Tom, you let them play. 99 Point nine 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 percent of the time in our country when somebody has torn up a city it's because of a civil rights violation not a referee's flag oh, well, they wouldn't have torn up the city that. in philadelphia just because some guy at his locker might have said something differently Goodness. no way it's, it's it's a perception about our cities which is insane our cities when they've been torn up there's usually been an out something outrageously uh, something outrageous in terms of civil rights has happened. There's no civil rights violation happening in Arizona. It was just a referee's play. You don't know these Philly fans, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, I'll agree to disagree on that. Right. But what happened with the game is it had the magnitude to make this iconic. So now the huge topic going forward is legacy, and we're legacy guys. So Mahomes was always going to the Hall of Fame. Travis Kelsey was always going. Andy Reid, uh, when he left Philadelphia, why did he leave Philadelphia? They ran him out because he couldn't win the big one. Right. He went to one Super Bowl and lost it. Then he was one and one in the Super Bowl going into this last one. I was hoping he'd lose, and then his career record in the Super Bowl would have been one and three. So follow me on this topic. It would have been one and three. Now it's two and two on top of winning the most games ever as an Eagles head coach. He's one on the list, and he's number one on the Kansas City list. I had callers this week putting this guy as on the Mount Rushmore of the greatest coaches. I laughed. I go, no, that's Vince Lombardi. That's Bill Belichick. That's Don Shula. Did you ever hear of Paul Brown? You can go back to that. And the Reed argument is starting to turn. You yeah, and I would, pull, I would pull Don Shula down and put Andy Reed in his place. Get Don Shula to... Get the, Don Shula couldn't win a game after that, under, after that second Super Bowl. They kept him around way too long. He had Dan Marino and and couldn't beat Tony Eason and the New England Patriots to get into the Super Bowl. Well, he's got two Super oh. Bowls, and he's won the most games of all time. So I'm going to put him up there. Yeah. 
above yeah. Andy Reid. But we, but we almost like the Wizards years for Michael Jordan. We're not allowed to talk about 1975 to 1995 with Don Shula. God. The compliment to Andy Reid is I believed in that one game, which was the second half, because they were down double digits. In that second half of that game, he's changed his complete legacy and the opinion of him. That he couldn't win the big one, not good with the clock, real good when he has two weeks to prepare, coming off a bye week. Right. But what they did in that but, second half. And also half, what he's able to do with no matter who his quarterback is. Yeah, he's had a lot of good, he, but he's had a lot of good quarterbacks. He's he has, but he's bar. also had a lot of, he made he made the the backups look great whenever the the, the starter went down over the years. Kevin so Andy Cobb Reed, and people like that. Yeah, I think Andy Reid jumped over like 11 or 12 Hall of Fame coaches. So the compliment I'm going to pay on Reid now is I didn't have him in the Hall of Fame when he got to Kansas City. I would have laughed at you if you said with no Super Bowls, he's going to go into the Hall of Fame over John Madden or Tom Flores, who has two, and all the other coaches you can mention, Jimmy Johnson, who has two, Mike Shanahan, not in the Hall of Fame, who has two, a guy by the name of Tom Coughlin. Oh, what did he do in the Super Bowl? 2-0. and so he's got to, but my point is. And Marv Levy, 0-4, is in the Hall of Fame. George Allen never won a Super Bowl as a head coach. But Reed now is in the pantheon of great coaches of all time because of the way he managed that game, got the most out of his playbook. There were two touchdowns, one to Kadarius Toney, who got kicked off the Giants because he sucked, and he was a bust. He goes there, has the biggest punt return in Super Bowl history yeah. ever, and he scores a touchdown with Sky Moore, two separate ones, where no one was on him. And I'm an expert on this What's topic that? because I see them do that to the Raiders all the time. Like they'll have in, in, in Las Vegas, Kansas City will have first and goal at the nine. They'll run a crossing route and there'll be no one there by 10 yards. They pulled that off in the Super Bowl where they ran against the great defense and yep. nobody was home on little short little, you know, like pitching a tennis ball in your backyard. And this is Philadelphia's vaunted defense. That's all Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy. And Patrick Mahomes are unbelievable. And I will tell you, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, there's other ways to get in, bring great fame to the game. I mentioned Marv Levy, Jim Kelly. You know, you keep taking your team to the Super Bowl or taking your team to the finals, like like LeBron James did over the years. Your team keeps ending up in the finals, even if you're losing. You know, there's all, especially when it's winner take all in the Super Bowl and there's only one game. Yeah, there's other lots of other ways to back into the Super Bowl or into the Hall of, I mean, back into the Hall of Fame. If you don't win or you don't have a perfect record, but Andy Reid doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Well, this podcast has a chuck full of information on some of the rules that Looney and I have, Hall of Fame, legacies. How about and the Hall one? of Very, Very Good, which we've always wanted to get, get corporates, corporations to sponsor. Well, this is the one that's chapping my hide, if I okay. can say that the most. Kansas City is not a dynasty. Okay, let me explain. Okay. They're not a dynasty. They won two in four years. That's no bleeping dynasty, or we'd have 200 dynasties in North American professional sports. So they're one more away from a dynasty. My definition of a dynasty, the minimum is three. You got to get three in a row. Three in a row is a dynasty, which is back to back to back. Back to back is not a dynasty. A three-peat is a dynasty. Or three to four over a four to five-year period. So let me explain. The Chiefs have won two out of four. If they win next year, That'll be three out of five. I'll put them when the Warriors did that and other teams as a dynasty. So okay. they're on the, they're on, I say knock, they're knocking on the door of a dynasty. But don't give me any of this shit that winning two Super Bowls in four years make you a dynasty. They make you great and on the verge of a dynasty.
Well, I've always said, too, we've disagreed on that. A, a dynasty is something that happens over generations. You know, your grandfathers, your fathers, and your team keeps going. The, the, the Lakers, the, uh, the New York Yankees are dynasties because it, Celtics because it happens over generations. Grandpa's team won, dad's team won, my team won, and your team is the Yankees, your team is the Celtics, your team is the, Or the Bushes. The great-grandfather was a senator. The father, the son was a, a president. His son was a president. And the Kennedys, too. You know, Joseph was an ambassador. John was a president. Bobby was a senator. And then, right. and then you know, and the Kim Jong-un family in North Korea were their grandfather, then their father, now the son. And now soon to be that nine-year-old daughter will be next in Korea, uh, supposedly, if things don't get better and they go away. And I've always, yeah, generationally, that's the that's the technical definition of a dynasty. But I know JT has a sports dynasty definition. Which he's keeps you keep changing the language, like with the pronouns. Well, they're on the verge of it, and they're a great team. So it yes. pains me to do this. Pains me to do this. Working for the Raiders twenty four years to see Kansas City win two, because in between the second one they won and the first one, Len Dawson. The Pat Mahomes was 50 years. I'm the age of the Super Bowl. It's easy yeah. for me to do the math. Wow. They won Super Bowl four and Super Bowl 54. Okay, that was it. So wow. don't tell me how great Kansas City was. Bullshit. Oh, they won it. No, they're nothing. They had one Super Bowl until recently. Now they've won three. Well, yeah, they've been like the, the Atlanta Hawks all of our life. They've been good, but not great. And times they sucked. Yeah. So they have three now. They deserve it. I can't believe Philadelphia lost that game. It was hard to lose that game, and both coordinators... And they were the best football team in the NFL all year, so I, I, I thought that that's another reason why they, they never... They didn't bend all year long. And they lost their offensive and defensive coordinator to head coaching jobs yep. after that performance. So the head coach of Arizona, the head coach of Indy, the two coordinators in that game, the last time that happened was 1994. I believe the only time it happened... When leaving the Niners was Ray Rhodes to become a head coach to the Packers and Mike Shanahan to become a head coach, both coordinators in a Super Bowl. So I don't think Philly's going to be back. I think they're going to lose some free agents. I don't think they're going to play that good, and their schedule was a joke. I mean, they were the best team. They deserved the bye week. But get this. It's going to be a punchline forever. They had a bye week, and the playoffs started, so that's easy. The two quarterbacks they played before the Super Bowl were Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy. Oh, yeah. Mr. <laughs> Irrelevant and Danny Dimes, who they make fun of. Uh, that wasn't a gauntlet to prepare them for that game. And I also thought, right. Tom, they ran out of cardio in the fourth quarter of that game. They were chasing Patrick Mahomes, the big guys on the line. They looked like they needed oxygen on the 40-yard line. And it was amazing, too, with that bad ankle, or you say alleged bad ankle, because you see boogeyman. Ever since the Kennedy assassination, you've never been the same. Uh, I, I, with Patrick Mahomes, even able to elude and make people chase him with a bad ankle, but there's no newsflash here that he's as great as he is. And God, he's terrific to watch. And you know, I love my running quarterbacks. I just don't like the Chiefs, so that kind of makes it, you know, that ruins it for me. The field also sucked. They slipped and slid. Yeah, that, the whole entire. How game. can that happen on the Super Bowl? Well, they have the, they didn't have the field right. I think it was the paint. The conspiracy theory is they painted. Oh, happens. And you have Rihanna. Oh, I gotta get to Rihanna. Oh, I gotta do this. Forget about okay. the field. Let's pull, spend more time on. It took my <laughs> wife. My wife couldn't wait for Rihanna. She loves mm -hmm. Rihanna, so she couldn't uh -huh. wait till halftime. Eight seconds in, she goes, "Oh, Rihanna must be pregnant." She had her yeah. jacket zipped open with a baby bump. 
Uh-huh, right. If you couldn't figure out that this woman was pregnant. It was then, like when they put big coats on Elaine in Seinfeld. And then they lifted her up in the sky on a floatable stage and locked her in, which is very dangerous, very dangerous for the dancers or the star attraction to be elevated that high. But she's getting shit for what she should get it for. Not anything else is that she lip synced terribly. So the songs, when you're a lip synker, you got to know you got to follow the script, man. Right? You're lip syncing. We're paying you to pretend. So make sure you pretend really good. And the mic pulled away a handful of times. And dancing, she didn't get back to the song. And I give her the pass because she's pregnant. But how about all the men live in real time on social media saying, she has no energy. She's not dancing as hard as the dancer. She was pregnant, Tom. We can't oh. criticize pregnant women on social media. Well, I just, and the thing about lip syncing is, I guess it's just a paranoia they always have about, oh, you know, all the way back to the Ed Sullivan's and Joe JT, I guess, long before our time. And that is, they're just afraid it's not going to sound right or sound like the record on television. That's what's fun about live concerts. It doesn't have to sound exactly like the record. We want to see your talent and hear how well you sing when it's not exactly like the record. What's wrong with that? Show us your talent. The lip-syncing thing always bothers me no matter who's doing it. The Derek Carr era is over in Las Vegas. Yeah. I'm an expert on this topic because I covered all nine years of Derek Carr behind the scenes and interviewing him in front of the scenes. I hosted the Derek Carr show. I hosted the last in-depth television interview with him. And because my Raiders paycheck is much more important than this paycheck, (laughs) which I'm going to the mailbox this week, I'll get back to you. I'll just say this. Derek Carr played nine years for the Raiders. He never won a playoff game. He took them there twice. He had a borderline MVP season. He's a man of tremendous faith, tremendous faith, great husband, great father, made a lot of money for Mark Davis and the Raiders. He just didn't deliver. And all of it wasn't his fault. There were bad defenses, multiple coaches, multiple regime changes where he put his head down and tried to go back to work. But the current regime, led by Dave Ziegler and the head coach, Josh McDaniels, they gave him a one-year look. He got a lot of money. They gave him the benefit of a no-trade clause, which was what Derek negotiated for. He had leverage with that. They looked at him for a year and clearly saw that he wasn't worth that money going forward or he wasn't the guy that they want going forward. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's pure business. I wish the Raiders got draft picks in return. They didn't. You can criticize them for that. But the Derek Carr era was nine years. It's come to an end. And it's big time closure for a lot in the Raider Nation, Tom. Yeah, it is. And you just kind of hope that he goes to an NFC team so he doesn't have any revenge factor coming back into that stadium or his own stadium against the Raiders twice a year. You hope at the most it's going to be once and he goes to an NFC team because something tells me if he ends up on the right team, the Raiders may end up looking foolish. Well, this is where I'm going to crack back on that for a second. Okay. He'd be nuts to stay in the AFC. This is the ultimate opportunity for him to go to the weaker conference where there are there's a division, the NFC South. Right. The entire division doesn't have a quarterback. Tampa Bay lost Tom Brady. It's Carolina, Atlanta, and New Orleans, where Derek Carr could literally jump back in and go to the playoffs if he chooses to do that. In the AFC, you know, at this whole conversation about Derek, is he elite or not? He proved this last year that he's definitely not elite. He's very good. He's not elite. And not that the Raiders are going to get an elite quarterback in the next 10 minutes, but they're striving to find an elite quarterback. 
in the AFC with what you have, the six or seven best quarterbacks in the entire NFL are in the AFC. And that's what's going to make this Aaron Rodgers decision difficult because he can be Mr. Groovy. Hey, I'm going on the cleanse. I'm going dark for four days. But if he really examines it, I think he's a great fit with the Raiders because of Devontae Adams. But Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, I'll just go team. Yeah, he's getting his ass kicked in his own mediocre division. You're right. Yeah, so – uh, I just want to say that to Derek Carr, a lot of people have asked me about it. I have nothing bad to say about Derek Carr. I have good things to say about him, but I'm not saying that he deserved, he didn't deserve to be there much longer at the level he was playing at for this new regime to give him 40 million or more. They're not going to do that. Yeah. They didn't want to do that. And they have the right to move on. And Derek has the right to find his own. And the argument that he could have taken him to the Super Bowl if he had a better defense over the years and more stable management. Yeah, that argument can be made for any quarterback on any team. If, 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 if. And the great ones sometimes overcome those things. Peyton Manning overcame all those things. We know now with the precious wisdom of 2020 hindsight, Peyton Manning was playing for somebody who was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. We always knew he had a mediocre team, and he was able to rise above it, and the great ones are. And a round of applause or congratulations to my wife who put up with me as we record this for 25 years to the day. 25 years ago tonight which is february 15th the day after valentine's day even on the aztec calendar all the calendars the day after valentine's (laughs) day i met my wife 25 years ago as we record this the center bar at the hard rock hotel and casino on the way into the rolling stones it's a long story i think it's a beautiful story it's in my book the handoff but tonight's a special night for us because 25 years later we have two beautiful sons a great dog extended families and extended friends since that moment when we joined together. So I'm really happy about that. And as we wrap up the podcast in a few minutes, I will celebrate that fact tonight with my bride. Oh, my God. And it's such a great story, too, because the universe is such a beautiful place. And the odds, the odds of us being friends, you know, we had to take the job. We had to be born where we were born and then move to L.A. and then be and then end up being on the same network. There was all at the time it was there was much less consolidations. We ended up at the same radio station. All those things had to happen for our friendship, for your marriage, all the things that had to happen, including your wife won that ticket. Yep. But didn't she go to John Cougar Mellencamp concert and put her stuff t- in a barrel and they pulled it out? Yeah, <laughs> right. So she was only at that concert because of somebody pulled a stub out of a barrel and she won the tickets and then met you at the at the bar. It's just the greatest story. And uh, so we always have to keep a great sense of romance in life about how we meet the people we love. And And the back part of that story too quickly is I believe in fate. And you go through chapters in your mm-hmm. life where you have no fate. You don't have any fate for maybe two years maybe people are watching this podcast or listening they go man it's been rough for a long time i was divorced or my business fell apart or i was in between jobs and we all hit our lows and our highs well if you don't believe in fate where i was at that stage of my life as a just recent former stockbroker getting into radio and just starting what is on you know going past 26 years if i don't find her at that time when i enter radio i would have been a lunatic I would have played myself out of radio. I needed uh, to settle down. I needed to right. have a companion, someone to share the journey with. So you got to believe in fate. Even if it's not happening now or you don't know, you don't know when fate's going to happen. But if right. you open up your mind and your heart and your doors do it, you don't shut the doors and say, hey, maybe it could happen. I got extremely lucky 
I got very lucky on that night that I went up. I had Bobby G and JD with me and Andrew Ashwood FedEx the tickets. And really, they shouldn't have got there in time. He barely got it in the envelope for the Rolling Stones at the Hard Rock. They got there. And then if I don't go see a particular person at the center bar, Todd Parmalee, if I don't go see him particularly, there's zero chance that I'm going to bump into my wife if she's two people down. She had It was so crowded. It was so crowded. She had to be standing right next to me, almost on top of me to meet her because it was one of the most chaotic, beautiful nights of my life. So all that came together, 25 years, and, and Keith Richards. If I would have told you 25 years ago that <laughs> Keith Richards and Mick Jagger would both be thriving with Ronnie Wood after Charlie Watts passed away in 2023, Tom, would you have taken the over or the under on it? Oh, I would have taken the under. How do you think I would have felt? I saw him in a July 4th concert at Rich Stadium back when it was called Rich Stadium in Buffalo. I don't even want to say the year. But <laughs> I mean, to guess, take... that was 84. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, I, was, I, was I was an 80s guy uh, and uh, in your diapers and... in the early 80s. But... <laughs> but yeah, always have to keep an eye on when the universe blesses up, uh, blesses us and the miracles we have in life, because there are tough days. But as a great uh, there was this great Instagram story I saw with Tom Hanks Ooh. about. And I got to get a copy of it. It might have been a real, not necessarily a story, but nevertheless. And he was talking about this too shall pass. I saw that on Reels two days ago. Oh, you did? Whether whether it's the greatest times of your life or you're just coming back from your funeral, the highest highs, the lowest lows. When, you know, he's winning Academy Awards, everyone's kissing his ass. Or, you know, he's going through a death in the family. There's always that. Yeah, that uh, that saying, this too shall pass. Things won't always stay this high. Things won't always stay this low. That's important to learn. And always recognize the miracles, the miracles of the friendships and relationships in your life. Thank you for listening to all 42 minutes and 42 seconds of the JT and Looney podcast powered by our friends at Bet Online, where the game starts. Have a nice day. Come again. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.